We are in a series called Turnaround. We've been looking at the life of Gideon over the past few weeks. And there's this moment in the story of Gideon where the angel of the Lord appears to Gideon and later on the Lord himself and has an encounter with a man that's been in hiding out of fear and out of his own toil and efforts, tried to bring provision to his family. And God stepped in and turned the whole story around. We said this, and this is still my heartbeat, and I've got faith for this this morning, that there are still lives that's gonna turn around today. When the Lord turns to us, our lives turn around. Every single time. When we have an encounter with God like we had just now, I don't know about you, but that singing, and <laughs> that was incredible. There were some moments there where God just, he, he, was, he was here with us, and he turned to us, and we encountered him. But I believe there's more encounter on the way we spoke about the identity that Gideon had, that he thought that he is the least. Well, God said, you know what, Gideon, I have another vision of you. <laughs> I'm gonna take that which is the least and I'm gonna make it the strongest and bring victory. And last week, Pete continued to speak about the partnership that Gideon had with God, continuing walking in that relationship daily with Jesus so that we are sustained in the calling and the commission that he has for us. I love what Pete said last week, that the first thing Gideon did was dealing with idols. And God replaces our false idols and false identities with his promises, with his peace, and with his people. So this morning, we're going to continue from this story. God calls this man Gideon, says, Gideon, you are a man of valor and brave and courageous, and I've got a plan for you. I'm going to set you on a new course. And he commissions him with things to do. And, and, and Gideon partners with God throughout this commissioning and then we see how God adds community to his life to fulfill this call. It is truly smarter to travel in groups. That's the essence and the platform of what we want to share this morning. And, and this is to set the stage. And this very idea that it's smarter to travel in groups is not something that the humankind has come up with. That man just thought, you know what, let me find a group of people because I think it would be smarter to travel with them. It is in the Bible right from the very beginning. I love our community and doing life together as we often speak about here is this very thing that God has called us to travel through life in groups. We see it in the beginning when God created the earth. He said, let us, God, the Trinity of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, existing in community, let us make man in our image. And then we see how he created Adam and he said, it's not good for man to be Hallelujah, thank you for that. And he gave Eve a woman to be with man so that man has someone to be in community with. And throughout the Bible, there's constantly this idea being taught to us and the principle that God has indeed called us to travel with others on our road. And we see it in the life of Gideon. Yes, he had a very massive call from God. And there, there was a clear commission, but God never intended for that to happen outside of community. I love how the story ends, well not completely ends, but halfway through the story, and we'll get to that piece of passage today, when Gideon has finally has the revelation that the Midianites are gonna be completely destroyed by the few men that God chose, only 300 of them, he goes back to those 300 men and he says, God has given the Midianites into your hands. It started with God coming to Gideon and saying, Gideon, I'm giving the Midianites into your hands. One, 
But at the end of the story, he has the revelation that God is giving the Midianites into our hands collectively together. That's the power of God moving. So this morning, I'm calling my message called in community. And I'm praying that today there will be a faith in your heart to understand that you can't do this walk without community. Community is much more than coming to a Sunday meeting. Let me just just debunk a few thoughts about what community is. It's much more than coming to a Sunday meeting. It is much more than going to a life group meeting in the week. If that's the two things you do and you think you've got community, well, this morning I pray that by the Spirit of God you would have a revelation of what true community is. And that some of you who aren't living in it are truly missing out on the fullness that God has for you, the the worship and the celebration and the victory that comes from truly walking in community. And I wanna quickly go back to the men because God really put an impression on my heart. So many of us think we've gotta stand strong and make it work and make it happen and men find it really hard to speak about the real stuff, right? Sometimes women ask, well, I don't wanna separate that, but I really feel that God is encouraging us men to get to a place of true authentic community. This morning, we had a prophetic word during pre-service prayer. Now bear with me, because I already had some men going, I'm not sure that I like it that much. But there was a prophetic picture of a bunch of men next to a campfire, taking marshmallows and putting it into a chocolate fondue to enjoy the sweetness of God. Now what's wrong with that picture? When you imagine a whole bunch of men next to a campfire, then you only imagine one big word and it's braai. Now there's chocolate fondue. What on earth is the chocolate fondue for? But I believe it's, a, it's an apt picture for us this morning that to us as men, to not only think our identity is what the world teaches it to be, or that our identity is simply that in the beginning when God told Adam, by the toil on your face, you're gonna bring forth the produce and you're gonna eat your bread. Because in Gideon's story, God comes and he changes it around. He says, Gideon, you've been toiling for your own bread, but I've got a plan to give you victory over the Midianites who's been stealing that very bread all along. So if you partner with me and if you partner in community, there's so much more that I have for you. I'm excited. Can you hear it? Awesome. I had more amens and yeses in the Caledon church last week than I've had so far this week. So come on, guys. I'm waiting for them to come. <laughs> Let's read together. We're in Judges. We're going to read from chapter 7. And a whole lot has happened. And this guy, Gideon, is just, he's partnering with God all along. Because you'll see even in the passage we're reading today, he's still not completely there. He's still doubting and he's still dealing with fear. And I love how the grace of God works in our lives, that he gets us with compassion and patience to the places of victory. But let's read together Judges 7, verses 1 to 15, and I'm going to read from the ESV. Then Jeribal, that is Gideon, and all the people who were with him rose early and encamped beside the spring of Herod. And the camp of Midian was north of them by the hill of Moreh in the valley. The Lord said to Gideon, the people with you are too many for me to give to the Midianites into your hands, lest Israel boast over me, saying, my own hand has saved me. Now, therefore proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, whoever is fearful and trembling, let him return home and hurry away from Mount Gilead. Then 22,000 of the people returned and 10,000 remained. And the Lord said to Gideon, these people are still too many. 
Take them down to the water, and I will test them for you there. And anyone of whom I say to you, this one shall go with you, shall go with you. And anyone of whom I say to you, this one shall not go with you, shall not go. So he brought the people down to the water, and the Lord said to Gideon, everyone who laps the water with his tongue as a dark laps, he shall sit by himself. Likewise, everyone who kneels down to drink, who kneels down to drink. And the number of those who lapped, putting their hands to their mouths, was 300 men. But all the rest of the people knelt down to drink water. The Lord said to Gideon, with the 300 men who lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hand and let all the others go, every man to his home. So the people took provisions in their hands and their trumpets, important, and he sent all the rest of Israel, every man to his tent, but he retained the 300 men and the camp of Midian was below in the valley. That same night, the Lord said to him, Arise, Gideon, go down against the camp, for I have given it into your hand. But if you are afraid, go down, go down to the camp with Pura, your servant, and you shall hear what they say, and afterward your hands shall be strengthened to go down against the camp. Then he went down with Pura, his servant, to the outposts of the armed men, who were in the camp. And the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the people of the east lay along the valley like locusts in abundance, and their camels were without number, as the sand that is on the seashore in abundance. When Gideon came, behold, a man was telling a dream to his comrade. And he said, behold, I dreamed a dream. And behold, a cake of barley bread tumbled into the camp of Midian and came to the tent and struck it so that it fell and turned it upside down, so that the tent lay flat. And his comrade answered, This is no other than the sword of Gilead, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. God has given him into his hand Midian and all the camp. As soon as Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation, he worshipped, and he returned to the camp of Israel, and he said, Arise, for the Lord has given the host of Midian into your hand. An amazing story. It's even got a very quirky dream in the middle. Anyone have some of those? This guy dreamed about a bread rolling down a hill, crushing a tent. I love how God works. But we see here a few important things to note. Gideon quickly rises to fame. God has called him and commissioned him and he's the guy that's gonna save Israel and he rises to fame so much that 32,000 people gather around him. I can imagine how Gideon was walking around like, yes, this is amazing. The call of God is on me and look now, there's people following suit. And then God steps in and says, I'm gonna do some sifting. I'm gonna sort out a few things. Maybe just ask the question, any of you afraid to go up against the Midianites? 22,000, yes, that's me. And God says, okay, cheers, off you go. Don't wanna go with you. And then God dealt again with the 10,000 until he got it down to 300. It's important that God didn't wanna partner with fear in the story. And it made me think that we've gotta allow God sometimes in our lives with the community around us to sift. Because some of you are listening to voices in your life that's causing fear, that's causing doubt, that's causing disbelief, And are you faithful and bold enough to be faithful in your calling to God that if those voices arise, you can come and say, you know what, I'm not gonna partner with you, I'm gonna let God sift that. So maybe I'm just gonna distance myself a little bit from the community that I found around myself. 
It would have been easy for 32,000 men to just run down and crash the hall of the Midianite camp. But God said, no, I'm not gonna partner with those who's walking around with fear in their hearts. And then I realized that community is not just something we speak about, it is something we allow God to do in our lives. For him to come and sift, and then eventually he says, I will test some men that I will put in your life, Gideon. And I realized how important this partnership of community is one that we have with God. It's not just, I can imagine maybe for Gideon, he had some very good friends in the 30 or the 22,000 and then the other 9,700 where he would have said, I don't want that one to go. He's my buddy. He's the one that I have a good bride with or a chocolate fondue when we go camping. Why is he going? He's got to be here. And God said, uh-uh, I've got a community in store for you that's going to lead you to victory. And we're going to see this morning what it looks like when God steps in and he brings us into community. God does the choosing for us, and then this chapter ends with the glory all back to God. Because the Israelites couldn't say, we are 32,000 strong men. No, they could say, we were chosen by God, a small amount of people. And in the end, we're gonna end there this morning, how God gave them the victory was all he's doing. And we've gotta understand this, that community is always for the glory of God. Yes, there's incredible benefits in it for us, as there was for Gideon in his call, but it's always for the glory of God. To help you understand community a little bit better, I've got a slingshot this morning, and I'm gonna be shooting in your way. Don't worry, chocolate marshmallows. <laughs> so we'll have a few lucky winners this morning. But here's a quick math. You plus Christ plus you just means that you're saved. Let's just pause it. Don't read the, the rest of it. Gideon having an encounter with God just means that he was taken out and a new identity was given and, and salvation has come to him personally, right? There was a personal moment. But then if it's just you and community, you've got a great social life. It's gonna be a whole lot of briars and hanging out. But you and community and Christ equals success. There's an Afrikaans song that I still try to figure out. Jij in jouw klein hoekie in ek en my. Maybe, I don't know, maybe I need to go study the theology on that, but I, I haven't read that in the Bible. But so many of us walk our Christian life thinking, it's just my call, I've got to live it, it's me and Jesus, and, and there's just no community. And you neglect this very important part in your walk. Some of us just love hanging out, even just at church, it's great to be with people, but there's not a whole lot of Christ and Jesus in your walk. And it's like a slingshot. If I only have one side of this, there's only one rubber to pull some tension, this thing ain't gonna fly very high. It's just gonna go down here. I might have a little shoot this way or that way. But this is the Christ factor in our walk. And it walks in tension with the community factor. If I only have community again, there's not a lot of tension for me to be launched in success and like Gideon, it wasn't just the call, it was the community that gave him the victory that he needed in the end. And when you put these two together, you get a tension that will launch you into success. You're welcome to pick them up <laughs> as they come flying in your direction. I want you to, not just, it's, it's not just an opportunity to get some food before lunch. See what this is. If you want to be launched 
in the fullness of the call of God, you've got to have Christ and community. There we go. I'm aiming prophetically here because God is showing me who's really hungry. <laughs> Let's do another one. I know the sound desk is hungry. They were here at 6 a.m. But see this image. This is what happens when we put these two worlds together. Success in the Bible is a good term. It's not measured up to the worldly success of fame and fortune and everything you want. Success in the Bible is that which God intends for us to walk in a way that is worthy of the calling that he has for us. This very week, I needed more than just Jesus in my life. I needed some men in my life. It was on Monday that I got a message late night. I only got a Tuesday morning from Henry just encouraging me, saying, Pierre, just want to encourage you. Monday morning, I was sitting with Eugene and Andre, and we got a message from Graham and saying, Pierre, please pray for me today. I just need it. Another man who realizes I need not only Jesus, but I need community. And the three of us, how amazing is that, got together on our knees and like, God, please be with Graham today. Give him wisdom. Give him insight. Wednesday afternoon came, and I was depleted and down and out, be it for whatever reason. And I, I went to Hunter and Ricky, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just not there. I'm not feeling great. I'm not feeling well. In fact, I feel like I just want to get into bed and sleep a whole day. Anyone feels like that from time to time? But just the mere fact that I shared with them what I'm feeling made me feel I can overcome this day. I can be victorious. Got messages from other people this week, from Byron's and Neil's and Pete's and encouraging words and praying for you. And then I realized, you know what? We need more than just Jesus. It's where it starts. But we better have good community that we walk with if we want to be launched in the full call of God in our lives. And there's three thoughts I want to share with you this morning, studying the community that God gave Gideon. The first one, it was a committed community. These people who gathered around him didn't just gather for the hype, like, Gideon's the man. Let's go up and camp with Gideon because he's going to make us famous and give us victory. I believe there was a deep commitment in their lives to, to see the fulfillment of God's plan for the nation of Israel. When God chooses our community, it will be a committed one. It'll be one where we can find people who are with us for long and walk this journey with us. It's your 2 a.m. friends. And I don't mean that referring to any student times where you needed 2 a.m. friends to give you a ride back home. It's those people that you can call 2 a.m. in the morning and say, yes, I, just, I need you to pray or I need you to come over right now. The reality is life is just that hard that we need that. There's a real battle going on. We're talking a lot about the battle that we're in as Christians. And yes, we've got the armor of God and we're clothed in Christ. But with that, he gives us people and men and women to walk this journey with us. A couple of weeks ago, I had a dream that I realized that there's imminent spiritual warfare in my house. And I woke up next to Ilya and I said, listen, we've got to pray. But I got on my phone. Ricky was in the dream. I said, Ricky, can you please pray with me? That's how we've got to start living, understanding that God has got a committed people that we can walk this journey with, and that's so much more than Sunday gatherings and life group. It's when we get into one another's lives and really speak the truth, and sometimes speak the truth in love. I need to hear some voices sometimes saying, Pierre, I'm not sure if that's too good for you. Maybe consider another way. We see that the men 
who followed Gideon, and in the end, the 300, because some of them turned away, some of them got shifted, or, yeah, that's the right word, sifted, not shifted, well, both. My English is getting up again. But listen what it says in Judges 7 verse 1. Then Gideon and all the people who were with him rose early. I don't know what that early was. Maybe it was 3 a.m. But when he got up getting ready for this war, there were men who rose up with him saying, Gideon, let's go. God has got a call and a plan for our lives. It was so amazing to come, come early this morning and see the setup team in action. Actually made an Instagram story of the whole journey from leaving home at 10 to 6 all the way through to this venue set up. The guys arrive just before 6, quarter to 6. By 7 o'clock, this venue looks like this, lights, camera, action. Isn't that amazing? Committed men and women, and women, yes, on stage, rolling cables, setting up so that we can host Jesus and the people of God in this room. That's what it is, a committed community. And if you don't have a committed community in your walk, I'm trusting Jesus that you would find that community around you and that you would put some effort into finding them, asking, would you be a committed friend to me for the walk and the call that God has on my life? The second thing that I love about this story, it's not only a committed community, but it's an unexpected community. It didn't quite look the way that I think Gideon would have wanted it to look. God, you took away the 32,000. What are we going to do now? There's 10,000 left. Okay, well, there's some pretty strong men here. I think we can do this. And then God says, no, no, no. I've got 300 men left. Okay, God, 300. Wow, okay, I think we can do this with 300. And then God says, it's 300 men who drink water like dogs. It's a joke. You can laugh about that. But quite unexpected, right? Choose the 300 who would do that which you think is a little bit strange. Lapping. <laughs> Let me show it to you. And I can imagine the picture. Gideon sitting there by the river and says, men, drink. And he had to do this. He had to sit and watch 10,000 people drink water. And like, ah, there's a lapper. Okay, you go stand there. Like, and then I can imagine at some point he's like, what is God doing? This isn't quite the picture I had in mind. And maybe he thought for a minute <laughs> that he's got to get the guys who actually kneel down and drink water properly, not the ones lapping up their water like dogs. But God gave him an unexpected community. Some of the best people in my life and in our walk are those that I wouldn't necessarily say, you know what, I would have chosen that person because that makes sense. We see it in the life of the disciples. They didn't have a whole lot of chemistry. It was not like these guys were hanging out, being great friends. I mean, they were quite a bunch of different people, from fishermen to tax collectors walking with Jesus. Tax collectors being the religious people of that age, just, just conniving and, and in just and unjust ways, feeding off the poor and those in their communities. And God chooses some of these people to walk with him. Can't imagine these 12 guys at the start just saying, yes, this is the group that I would have chosen. It's like sport. When you get to have two captains, like, okay, choose your team, and the guys fight. Okay, team A first. I want that one, and then team B, I want that one. None of that happens in the kingdom of God. He gives us an unexpected people to walk with, and I'm grateful for that because it's so many times in that unexpected people that I find the areas that I'm lacking in. If I want all the peers to be in my life, there will be a whole lot of peer pressure, 
and it would look a certain way. But I'm grateful that God has added other people in my life that are oftentimes unexpected. Just like the disciples. You know what? They had a calling together. They didn't need any chemistry. And we, we try, we like, I don't like that one that much. You know what? He was actually so arrogant to challenge me. I'm like, who is he to tell me that I need to love my wife a little bit better? You know what? He's exactly who God chose to be in your life so that you can be a better husband. Who's he to challenge me on the way I spend my money? Well, I need that in my life. Other men and other women to look at and to say, you know what? I can learn from that example. It's not always the expected. And you know what I love about this? Is it goes beyond our comfort. Because nowhere in the Bible, nowhere, if you find it, except for the comfort of the Spirit, has God called us to live a comfortable life. Nowhere. Yes, there's provision, sometimes abundantly, but not in comfort in the things that we need on this earth, the things that we need to eat and sleep and do life. And that provision, and when it's abundant, it's not just for ourselves, it's for pouring out again. So find an unexpected community. Start praying prayers and saying, God, put men and women in my life that can speak straight into my life and let, let, let them see the things that I don't because I only have one view of myself. And I need some men and women walking behind me to see what they see that I don't at times. And then thirdly, and this is a cool part of the story, you need a discerning community. You not only need someone who's committed or people who are committed, sometimes unexpected, but one of the best things you find in community are those who can help you discern the will of God. Listen, walk with you, say, you know what? Just give it some time. Don't act now. Maybe think about it for a while. You know what? I had a dream about you the other night, and I feel that God is warning you about something. You know how many times I needed that? Where people say, Pierre, I prayed for him, and there's something God wants to say. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus, for discerning friends. Thank you, Jesus, for men and women who speak boldly into my life and say, I'm discerning this. It's helping me make the right decisions. It's helping me walk. Let's read what God told Gideon. The Lord said to him, arise, go down against the camp, for I have given it into your hand. Again, right at the beginning, at the wine press, you are Gideon are the one that is, I'm going to use to save and set Israel free. And again, God says that after all the partnering and the fleeces and God saying there's only 300 men, he says, again, Gideon, I am going to give the Midianites into your hand. And then the grace of God comes into it again. And God, understanding how humanity says, however, if you are afraid to go down, go down to the camp with Pura, your servant. Yes, I love that name. Pura. It's going to become part of our, our language here. It says, Gideon, you know what? I know that you might still have a bit of fear. So I'm going to give you one more opportunity to just deal with that. Isn't that amazing how gracious God is? So he goes down with Pura, and God says, and you shall hear what they say, and afterwards your hands shall be strengthened. I can imagine the story in that moment. Gideon going up to Pura and saying, yo, Pura, um, so I know we're going to win the Midianites, and God has said this many times, and the men are ready. I mean, they've taken up their trumpets. They, they're ready to go down. But I was wondering, and Pura's like, yes, Gideon, what are you wondering? He says, you know what, I just 
do you really think this is going to happen? And Purah says, of course it's going to happen. God said it many times. And I can imagine that dialogue and Gideon like, okay, Purah, let me just say it. I'm still afraid. Would you mind going down with me one more time and to just make sure that this is God? How many of us are just so scared to utter those words? I'm not making it. I'm failing. I'm still feeling like, like, like nothing. It just doesn't seem like the word of God is truly it. If we can find those friends in our lives that we can go to and say, I'm still afraid. Will you just come down with me one more time and discern and listen with me if this is truly God? And I want to ask you this morning, who's your pura? <laughs> who's walking this journey with you that you can just go back one more time and say, you know what, let's just go down to the camp again. And God is saying, let's just go make sure. We've got to find some puras in our life to walk with. You have to be a pura to others. You know, and I hope you know, I really believe that we are an authentic community, but we know what people are going through here. Let's be like Pura who steps in and says, I'll go with you. I'll go and discern with you. I'll go and make sure with you that this is of God before we just run. Isn't that exciting? Turn to your neighbor and say, who's your Pura? Awesome. Listen how, listen how the story continues from this moment on. So these two men, Gideon and his committed, perhaps unexpected, especially with such a name, Pura, friend, go down to the camp to discern one more time. And they came across two men who's having a conversation. Don't know where that conversation is happening, but the weirdest thing happens. They walk, the two of them. Maybe Pura was the one who heard the conversation. Maybe that's why God sent him with Gideon. I don't know. Maybe Gideon didn't want to hear because he was still so afraid that he needed another pair of ears to really hear that this is God. So the two of them are walking and they hear two men speaking. And the one says to the other one, I had this dream and it's quite bizarre. I dreamed of a barley loaf rolling down the hill and hitting the tent in the camp here amongst us and he turned the tent upside down and the tent fell flat. And Dieter and I had a conversation about the barley loaf this week. And because I imagined this massive, baked, amazing piece of bread rolling down a mountain and just rolling over this tent. I mean, anyone, anyone with me there? It's like, it's like a fresh loaf of, you can just see this bread rolling down. In fact, barley loaves were considered the least kind of food that you could find. It was usually those who are really poor who ate barley loaves, and it was a thin piece of crust that these people ate. And I think that the guy who heard the dream realized, and then this, this is what he said, he said, that's Gideon. He's come from the least, the lowest clan. He is the least in his family, and God's gonna use him and his sword to come and destroy us. Isn't that amazing? Gideon and Pura are walking at the right time and the right moment and God sets it up and these two men look at one another and like, yes, finally we can say this is truly God. And then I love how the story concludes. And as soon as Gideon heard the telling of the dream and the interpretation, he worshiped. That's what we do. 
when we are surrounded by community like this, committed people, sometimes unexpected, discerning people, and we get to hear the will of God, yeah, the first response is worship. I don't know for how long he worshiped. Maybe he told Pura, give me a minute. And he fell down on his face in the ground and he lifted his hands, maybe for hours, maybe for minutes, and just said, God, you are incredible. It's gonna happen once more. You were gracious with me through this whole journey. You've given me friends to discern this. You've given me 300 men that you set aside, that you chose. Now I know for sure that we are gonna be victorious. And he returned to the camp of Israel and he said, arise, for the Lord has given the host of Midian into your hand. And he divided the 300 men into three companies and put trumpets into their hands and empty jars with torches inside the jars. And he said to them, look at me and do likewise. When I come to the outskirts of the camp, do as I do. When I blow the trumpet, I and all who are with me then blow the trumpets also on every side of all the camp and shout for the Lord and for Gideon. These men had swords, trumpets, and a jar. Different story than what we would have imagined. I was part of that 300, I'm like, why on earth am I carrying a trumpet? I believe the trumpet represents that worship of God. That sound that comes out when the community comes together and surrendered and maybe put down our sword to rather focus on God in our, in our worship. Living our calling in community leads to victory and worship. And we see it here in Gideon, how these men then run down 300 trumpets at the same time, creating probably the, the craziest sound you can imagine. Imagine 300 trumpets at the same time. Just there it is from all sides, because they broke up into three directions and they encamped around them. That was the moment when this happened. The moment those trumpets were blown, God said, success. It wasn't just Gideon going, trying to blow his trumpet, he included those men around him. Who's your band of brothers? Who's blowing the trumpet with you? when you're faced with things in this life? Will you be like Gideon who say, I'm gonna find those men. I'm gonna be victorious in my walk because I found my few. And this is my encouragement to you this morning, is find your few. Find those few men and few good men and women that you walk with, your band of brothers, so that God can say of your life, success, victory, breakthrough. And I want to end with this thought again. I love how it all ends. How Gideon goes back and he says, God is going to give Midian into your hands. When the community comes together and we commit it, when we understand that it's sometimes unexpected and not exactly what we thought it would be, and finally when we discern with one another, we will see that God will give us victory and he will give the Midianites of today over into our hands.